0: God, in His grace, and according to His kindness, which is meant to lead us to repentance, has given us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent, and we still don't seem to be getting the message. In fact, not only have we not taken the opportunity to repent and to praise God for His indescribable grace— we've given him the one-finger salute with both of our hands and told him to F off because we're so busy loving our neighbor and such. Welcome to the Godly Troublemaker podcast. I'm your host, Andy Parker. The Godly Troublemaker exists to shine the light of Christ in the eyes of the idols of our day. Let's go get into some trouble. Introduction. In episode three of The Godly Troublemaker, titled Overturning Roe, I said that our country was a powder keg and that Roe would be the match. Once baby murder was sent back to the States, what was currently an ideological cold war would quickly become a hot war because said ideology would then be given geographical distinctions. This would force people to flee from states that didn't share their values, like not ripping babies apart, like not restricting the number of children you can have if there's a compelling state interest, like not sterilizing your kids or mutilating their genitals, or like not having Guy, the local drag queen, swinging his dick in your kid's face at story time in the name of cultural diversity. So here we are, fresh off another election, but I am sure this one was just as honest as the last one given that we got to the bottom of all the shenanigans and that we fixed all of the problems. And now we can all be certain that Joe Biden is the most popular president in American history. And anyone that questions this is an election denier and a racist because nothing says I'm for the black community like a 79-year-old white rapist and pedophile who lets little black kids rub his legs. But I guess you can molest any community if you destroy the family and keep them dependent upon government cheese. All this to say that anyone who thought there was going to be a red wave because somehow cheating locally isn't anything like cheating nationally was sadly, well, dead wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate your brand of plucky optimism. I really do. It's just that I have been too heavily influenced by that wonderful dystopian economic novel by Laura Numeroff titled, If You Give a Pig a Pancake. That is, she'll only want more. And it's time for us to all learn the song of the revolution called Beast of England so we can sing it with all of our comrades. Not only have we promoted the stupidest people to leadership. And I'm not even talking about the ones that are literally and certifiably brain damaged, but we have repeatedly rewarded the worst elements of our society. Every parent knows that if you allow a naughty toddler to get his way, his behavior doesn't become self-correcting. In fact, it gets progressively worse because you've given that pig a pancake and now he only wants more. The longer the bad behavior goes on for, the greater the explosion will be when it's actually corrected. God, in His grace and according to His kindness, which is meant to lead us to repentance, has given us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent, and we still don't seem to be getting the message. In fact, not only have we not taken the opportunity to repent and to praise God for his indescribable grace, we've given him the one finger salute with both of our hands and told him to F off because we're so busy loving our neighbor and such. Enter Michigan. My beloved Michigan. For the past two and a half years, I have been saying that the High Imperial Empress, Gretchen Whitler, would be reelected in our great state. Lo and behold, here we are. Let me just take a moment to remind you how despised and incompetent this nasty woman is. She is so hated that the FBI had to stage a fake assassination attempt on her life just so people would sympathize with her and see her as a victim. But before we all found out that it was fake, we all said something like, oh no, is she really dead? This woman is about as likable as wet sand in your underpants all day long, or as competent as Bill Gates is at medicine, or as Russell Moore is at convincing everyone that he's straight. Let's just remember some of her stellar achievements, like a two-week shutdown that lasted over a year, or the mask mandates that she encouraged citizens to educate each other on if you saw someone not wearing a mask. And oh yeah, remember when she said that we should report one another if we see someone having a family gathering on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Or the fact that you couldn't buy plants or paint, but you could buy pot because COVID. Or that you could go on a boat, but that boat couldn't have a motor because motors carry COVID. Unless the boat was owned by her husband. I don't know what his pronouns are or that you couldn't receive lawn care because nothing says COVID like fresh air and sunshine. And everyone knows that you are much more likely to get COVID at your second home or at your cabin that you may travel to with your family that you are already living with. But none of that was as cruel as forcing people to watch their parents and grandparents die over Zoom calls because they couldn't visit them in the nursing homes. And why did they die again? Oh yeah, she filled the nursing homes with COVID patients. And let's not forget that she was only one of five governors that did that. But, you know, science. One third of our businesses closed, which was the highest in the country. But we should all be thankful that we were still allowed to buy lottery tickets and to get abortions. And who really needs cancer screenings and dental work anyway? All of this to say, she sucks. Her only claim to fame is that she passed 800 bills that she claims had bipartisan support, which to me is 800 too many, and tells me nothing other than that Republicans suck just as bad. So having her as governor for another four years is bad. Embarrassingly bad. Demoralizingly bad. Like I just crapped my pants like Jerry Nadler bad. Our only redeeming characteristic as a state at this point is that we're not Pennsylvania and we didn't put a brain-damaged Herman Munster into the Senate. If all that wasn't bad enough, like filling up on chili and tequila when you already have the flu, enter Prop 3. You have to hand it to the Democrats, though. Compared to the Republicans, they make Fetterwoman look like a genius. and Whitler. Look chaste. As soon as Roe fell, which was the single biggest conservative victory ever, the Democrats went on offense while the Republicans went on an apology tour, which allowed the Democrats to craft proposals straight out of the devil's anus. And no, I'm not talking about a game of hide the hammer at Paul Pelosi's house on a Friday night in San Francisco. Prop 3 is wicked, it is evil. So evil that I would have gladly taken another four years of Whitler if that proposal had not passed, but passed it did. And now we are all left with the aftermath. If I was White Goodman, I would hit you with some knowledge. Or if I was Al Gore, I would share an inconvenient truth. But alas, what I have to share is a lot more troublesome. So here it is. America is dead and Michigan is gone. Prop three was checkmate in our state. Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors, because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 10 through 12. Having been born in 1978, I have often asked myself how in the world could Roe have passed? Why didn't everyone in the country laugh at the Supreme Court's decision? Why did any state go along with it? How could people be so wicked? Michigan just said, hold my beer. In time to come, every single adult male in Michigan is going to be asked, how could you have let this happen? And parents, when you're asked, what will you tell your children? Let's put this into perspective. A 50-year culture war ensued with the Roe decision that was a result of seeing phantasms in the Constitution. 65 million-ish babies murdered because of emanations and penumbras and privacy and stuff. What do you think is going to happen when we specifically enshrine into our state constitution that a woman has the right to murder her baby up until the time of birth without the possibility of prosecuting her or the healthcare professional, then sanctifying the sterilization of our youth and state-controlled birth, but only if there's a compelling state interest to do so? Now, what would that compelling interest be? I don't know. Maybe a public health crisis? We've said as a people that we want this to fundamentally define us as a people. And just FYI, this is what being turned over to a wicked and a debased mind looks like. How could this possibly be? Isn't there a church on every corner, at least on the west side of the state? Where were the churches in all of this? Well, that's a good question. As it turns out, whoring after the state cock comes at a price— When COVID happened, the churches of every denomination could have stood together and defended their right to worship the one true and living God. But they didn't. Not only did they flinch when the bully flexed, they pulled their pants down and bent over in the name of loving your neighbor and then tried to convince everyone else that it wasn't really that bad and that the state provided lubricant in the form of PPP money. But you trusted in your beauty and played the whore because of your renown and lavished your whorings on any passerby. Your beauty became his. You took some of your garments and made for yourself colorful shrines and on them played the whore. The like has never been nor ever shall be. You also took your beautiful jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I had given you, and made yourself images of men, and with them played the whore. And you took your embroidered garments to cover them, and set my oil and my incense before them. Also my bread that I gave you, I fed you with fine flour and oil and honey. You set before them for a pleasing aroma, and so it was, declares the Lord God. And you took your sons and your daughters whom you had born to me, and these you sacrificed to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? And in all your abominations and your whorings, you did not remember the days of your youth, when you were naked and bare, wallowing in your blood." And after all your wickedness, woe, woe to you, declares the Lord God, you built yourself a vaulted chamber and made yourself a lofty place in every square. At the head of every street, you built your lofty place and made your beauty an abomination, offering yourself to any passerby and multiplying your whorings. You also played the whore with the Egyptians, your lustful neighbors, multiplying your whoring to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore, I stretched out my hand against you and diminished your allotted portions and delivered you to the greed of your enemies, the daughters of the Philistines, who were ashamed of your lewd behavior." You played the whore also with the Assyrians because you were not satisfied. Yes, you played the whore with them, and still you were not satisfied. You multiplied your whorings also with the trading land of Chaldea, and even with this you were not satisfied. Ezekiel 16, 15-29 These stupid ecclesiastical whores that fill our state aren't even good at their whoring. A good whore gets paid for her whoring, but these sluts get nothing in return for all of their whoring. Stupid fools. They strain out a gnat while swallowing a camel. They've abandoned the just law of God in order to promote social justice, which is much more popular with the unregenerate because apparently the way to win the unregenerate is to be converted to their beliefs and to their lifestyles. Woe to every Reformed church in our state, particularly you duchies on the West Side who didn't speak out against this evil. You've received a rich blessing from your fathers and have crapped all over it, and now your children will suffer as a result— But at least you've convinced everybody that you're not racist. Woe to all of you Dutchies who have taken so much pleasure in declaring they aren't like the Anabaptists as they become a bunch of weird pietistic separatists. Woe to every big, mushy, soft, effeminate, evangelifish church that is more concerned about offending man than offending God but at least your non-offensive metrosexual pastor looks awesome in his jaggings. God will not hold you guiltless and you will have to explain to your children one day why dad has a vagina. Now there are many that may um, hear that and think, well, I don't like abortion, but is all that really necessary? Woe to you, you nice Nazi. If my language offends more than ripping babies apart, you're part of the problem. If my language offends you more than sterilizing children, you're part of the problem. If my language offends you more than state-controlled birth, then you're part of the problem. I believe the proper Bible term for you is whitewashed tombs. If every church in our state had rebuked this proposal as evil and let their congregations know that if anyone voted for that, that they would be under church discipline. It would never have passed, and now it's in our Constitution. J. Gresham Machen said, If we give the bureaucrats our children, we may as well give them everything else. I'm afraid we just did both with the affirmation of one proposal. So what do we do? There can be no legal neutrality. Either the law of the state will be centered in Christ— as the totality of meaning or it will reflect the nihilistic totality of Antichrist. Law will serve God or Satan. Justices will apply God's justice or advance satanic injustice. Joe Boot. The preamble of the Michigan State Constitution reads, quote, we the people of the state of Michigan, grateful to Almighty God for the blessings of freedom and earnestly desiring to secure these blessings undiminished to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution. End quote. Now, how in the world can we have that and Prop 3, which is so obviously evil and contrary to the law of Almighty God, in the same document? The answer is you can't. They are completely antithetical to one another. Therefore, every county in Michigan ought to do the right thing before the Almighty and declare their county, city, or township a sanctuary city. It is time for every lesser magistrate to stand up and do what's right. This is the primary reason why you exist. Do your job. But what are the saints to do living in a state where the majority of people, allegedly, because Michigan has never had a problem with election fraud, I'm just kidding. Everyone knows Michigan elections are dirtier than Bill Clinton's phone and Joe Biden's pants. But what do we do? The same thing we should have been doing all along, preaching like a Baptist and fighting like a Presbyterian. John Knox said, quote, a man with God is always in the majority, end quote. They will try and scare you and bully you and intimidate you. Don't let them. We have the spirit of the living God in us, and the Lord we serve is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, who rules over the nations and has risen from the dead. It certainly feels like all hope is lost in Michigan, but take heart, dear brothers and sisters, our God raises the dead. If Prop 3 may be checkmate politically and Honestly, it is very hard to envision the state ever going red again. Then the gospel of Jesus Christ is checkmate spiritually. I don't care what they do or how evil they are. They can't stop the advance of the gospel. You can't silence it. You can't restrain it. And you cannot stop its advance. So, yes, the most evil proposal imaginable passed in Michigan. And the devil is smiling. But that smile is going to be temporary. May our Lord light such a flame in Michigan through the advance of the gospel so as to make it unthinkable for anyone to exercise any evil right given to them by this proposal. So the devil can take this proposal and shove it straight up his ass. We'll take the hearts and the minds of the people. Conclusion We have a fight ahead of us, and there is no doubt about that. God put us here for such a time as this. Heroes are not made in the academy. They are made in the arena and on the battlefield, covered in sweat and mud and blood. No one remembers the appeaser, the compromiser, the hypocrite, but it's the men who fight the good fight of the faith that are remembered. The man in the arena, quote, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Teddy Roosevelt. Before you go, if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review which is very helpful for us. Until next time, demolish strongholds and go cause a little godly trouble.